doing. Uh, well, today is Ladies' Day. Today's Mother's Day, and I know Mother's Day can uh, take on different feelings for lots of people based on where you're at in life, and we're just grateful that you're here. I think that God wants to speak to your heart. He's got a word for you this morning, and I'm excited to introduce our speaker today. I like her a lot. She's really, really cool. If you've never met her, you should meet her. You should hang out sometime. It's amazing. But uh, my wife, Amber, is not only the mother of our home, but in a lot of ways, she is the mother of this congregation. And she is the woman that so many of you look up to. And uh, are she, I know she encourages you. She prays with you. She inspires you. She challenges you because uh, she says it how it is. And sometimes that's what we need. And so this morning, I think she's got a word for every single one of us. Can you give it up for my wife, the Amber Lynns? Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Ladies' Day. Happy to all of you that are at home, not going out in the rain today. Uh, but before I start today, I need to honor my mom. And hopefully I can do it without crying. My mom is my hero. She is one of the most amazing moms ever. That's what I think. I'm biased. But I would say in the last couple of months, even, I have grown to respect and admire my mom even more. Um, my grandma, her mom, lived with us for 12 years. And she recently uh, passed away in February. And she lived to be 101. So that's four generations right there. Or almost, she was a month shy of 101, if I'm going to tell the truth. Um, but what I watched in the last year was I watched my mom honor her mom. My grandma uh, couldn't do a lot of things near the end of death. And I remember we went in May. We went last minute. We heard it was going to be her last days, which this lady, she, if you know the story, that lady hung on way longer than we all thought she would. Um, but I remember going in the room with my mom one night to watch her do her like evening routines with my grandma. And she literally lifted my grandma in her bed, put her sheets over her, tucked her in, kissed her on the cheek, and she prays a prayer that she would pray every single night. May his favor be on you from generation to generation to generation. My mom took the form of a mom to my grandma for the last year of her life. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen because I thought, that's what I want to be. I want to honor my mom until the day I'm putting her in her bed and covering her up with the sheets and praying over her. And my mom is one of the strongest women I have ever met as she retired to take care of her mom. And so, mom, I know you're probably not watching right now, but I honor you, I love you, and happy Mother's Day. So... All right, with that, I am excited to share today. I really feel like the Lord has placed this message on my heart probably like three months ago, if I'm going to be honest with you, and I've wrestled through it, and so I'm just going to get started and let the Lord lead us this morning. Um, something about me that maybe you don't know and maybe you do, I love to work out. It's like my kryptonite. It's how I become a better person. I know it's strange, but it, it's just how, how I am. And have you ever been to the gym? And you watch, sorry guys, but the men at the gym. Micah, you know you do this. <laughs> guys, you're hilarious. You walk around flexing in the mirror, strutting your stuff, trying to make sure that everybody around you sees how strong you are. But I actually think you're trying to probably impress yourself. But you know what? You do what you got to do to feel strong and big. 
But ladies, I hate to say it, but we're just as funny. Now, I am an exception. I am literally a hot mess when I go to the gym because I sweat and I am disgusting. But there are some ladies, and if this is you, I'm really sorry. It's 6 a.m. and you are like ready to go. Makeup on, lipstick on, and you're like running on the treadmill like... Clearly, you're there to try to impress somebody or show everybody how awesome you look in your workout gear. Or really, maybe you're just trying to pick up a guy. And you know what? That's fine, too. But <laughs> the truth of the matter is, it's all really funny to watch. The gym is a very interesting place, right? I think we can all agree on that. But the truth of the matter is, we all walk around like this sometimes. What do I mean by that? <laughs> We're comparing ourselves with people around us. We're looking at everybody else, seeing what they're doing, seeing how they're doing, seeing how their life is. And you know what? I think we probably don't always even mean to do it, but our world is set so we can compare ourselves on all levels. And we all know this, but what is our biggest culprit? Social media. It's the best way to compare everybody and everything and every season of life. And I think we do it unintentionally. We are comparing each other. And I think that most times we're like, oh, you almost get bitter at the person you're watching on social media. Like, oh, they're showing their glamorous life, their fun vacations that are so amazing. And the behind the scenes that you don't see is like they were sick their whole vacation or something like that. Or the perfect family pictures but really the only one on social media that you're looking at is the one where all three children weren't screaming. You know you know what I'm talking about? We want to showcase our best parts. We want to show the amazing date nights or the nice clothes or the accessories. And we compare and then we start to make up stories about ourselves that we got it all together too. I'm going to only show the great things. I'm going to show the highlight reel of my life. I'm only going to show people the good stuff because I don't want anybody else to see the bad stuff. And a lot of it comes down to what? Being insecure. We want to cover up the ugly things in our life so nobody else can see it. We want to pretend that we're all good when we're actually a mess and dying inside. And this is so crazy to me, and maybe you knew this, but I don't really think I did till I started digging into this a little bit more. We are exposed every single day, all of us, men, women, everybody included, to 4,000 to 10,000 advertisements a day. And those advertisements are beauty or health ads every single day. So what do you think that does? That increases weight concern, self-consciousness, body dissatisfaction, and it often leaves us in a really negative mood because all we've seen is perfection. And without even knowing it, we start to believe these lies about ourselves, And we wonder why girls at such a young age look at themselves and see all their imperfection. A couple weeks ago, no joke, my eight-year-old daughter, who is teeny tiny, comes up, sits next to me, and she's like, Mom, my legs are so fat. What? I literally said that. And then I was like, are you kidding me, Diella? And I, we had this big conversation about body image and how she was created so perfectly and how she needs to love herself. But man, you guys, we can easily fixate on the things 
that we don't like about ourselves because of everything around us in this world. And then we end up letting it consume us. We're not skinny enough. We're not pretty enough. We don't fit in. Uh, We're not outgoing enough. We're too quiet. We're too shy. We're not enough. I'm not married. I don't have a boyfriend. I'm a bad mom. I'm a bad dad. I'm not patient enough with my kids. I don't have a place to belong. I don't have any friends. We begin to make ourselves feel isolated because everywhere we turn, everybody else seems to have it all together, but I'm the only problem. I'm the only problem. And guys, I think you're guilty of it too. I mean, maybe it's like you're not strong enough or you're not handsome enough or athletic enough, but actually in all reality, I think a lot of these things I said about women, you go through as well. And maybe it's more of like, I don't have enough accomplishments. I'm not like successful enough. I'm not driving the nicest car. Like, am I going to be able to retire? Um, I'm feeling like a failure as a dad, as a husband. We all tear ourselves apart, all of us. And I think that, unfortunately, it comes supernaturally to us, where we start to pick apart everything that we hate about ourselves. And in a world where we can make ourselves look flawless, you guys can put up the next picture. I'm going to be very transparent with you today, okay? That picture on the, well, the left is clearly no makeup. Amber just got out of bed. But the one you would see on Instagram, not by me, but by a lot of people, is like the whole filtered up. Like, that doesn't even look like me. Like, my, what is going on with my chin? Like, ew. But we all do it. We don't, I just did it. Ew, what is going on with me? But we can cover up anything, right? And I don't think we put filters on just ourselves and on our pictures. I think we put filters on our lives. We walk around only sharing the good things, only talking about the good things, wanting people to see how good you are, how far you've come. It's all about all your strengths, never about your weaknesses, because then what would people think? And our society, in a way, has trained us to that. I think it is so unhealthy, and it's such a distorted view of how we should live our lives. I've been asked, very often I am asked this question, how do you make sure you're not fake on social media? Guys, this isn't rocket science. Be yourself. Be transparent. Don't just show the highlight reels. Show the messy stuff. If you follow me on Instagram or on social media, this week alone, you saw for sure one picture of me not having the best week. I just think, why wouldn't we share who we really are? Because guess what? More people are going to relate to that than your fake identity that you're trying to show everybody else. And maybe, maybe you believed the lies that you're not enough. And that's why you cover it up. Because you yourself feel like you're not enough. And you covered up the hurt, the flaws, the imperfections, the insecurities. And you're trying to just be like everybody else. But really, you're drowning inside. And pretty soon, you don't even know who you are. You've pretended to be somebody else that you're like, I don't even know. Maybe you're 60 years old, 50 years old, male or female. It doesn't really matter. And you're sitting in this room today and you're like, I don't even know who I am. I've pretended to be somebody else for so long that I don't even know who I am. We get so consumed with everyone else and their perfect little life that we forget one really important thing. 
What does God say about us? Who does he say I am? And this morning, I'm going to take us back to the beginning. And I find it not crazy. Like, really, God wants us to get this right away. Because in Genesis 1, he goes there. And so if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And this passage, it talks about our identity and who God says we are. And that there is one voice and one voice alone that we should be listening to. And it's God. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we read our morning scripture we don't, if you're new to Zoe, we don't do this for any other reason but to honor God's word. And so I'm going to read verse 26. It says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. God, I just pray that this morning, it's not the words that come from my lips, but it's all about you. That we will live as free men and women of God. That we will find our true identity in you and in only in you. In your name I pray, amen. amen. You guys can be seated. It's so easy to forget this foundational truth. God created you in his perfect image. I mean, that's what we learn in chapter one. So I'm pretty sure that God's like, you need to get this. You were created in his perfect image. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life that is unique and special. We're all different. And that's a good thing. We should be proud of that. And what if we truly grabbed hold of that? That we were created in his image. That he had a plan and purpose for our life. And it was unique and special. What if we actually focused on that versus all the other loud things that we hear? Versus all of the other lies that we tend to believe. That we are all unique and we were created in his perfect image. And we need to stop the comparing game. If there is one thing I'm passionate about, this is one of the things. Stop comparing yourselves to one another. Again, I think I always thought like this was a teenage thing. No offense, teenagers, but there's a lot of comparing when you're younger. I am learning now in my late 30s, it never seems to end. We are always comparing one another. And I've got two points this morning that I'm really going to focus on and lean into. So if you're taking notes, this is point number one. Stop believing the lies. Stop believing the lies. God created us in a beautiful and full identity. But we spend almost, I don't want to say all, but a lot of our times instead believing lies. How sad is that? Every time we believe in a lie, guess what? The enemy wins. He wins. Every time you believe the lie that you're not enough, the enemy wins. And why is that? Because he wants us to be kept from believing what God says about us. He wants us to not listen to what the Lord says. He wants us to get distracted. He wants us to live in our pain. He wants us to live in our trauma. Why? Because then we can't be a light to those around us. And the result of being, believing lies is that we live so far beneath what God has called us to. So far beneath 
Maybe you have someone in your life that has said to you, you couldn't do something or you would never amount to anything. Maybe you've been torn apart so badly that you actually begin to believe those lies. And unfortunately, some of you in this room, it was from a parent. Some of you have been told that you weren't enough. Some of you have been shown that you weren't enough. Maybe you've been treated in ways that make you feel like dirt, and then you believe you deserved it. We all believe different lies, but it's important to understand this. What you believe affects how you live. So what you believe will affect your life and how you live. So what lie have you believed over and over and over again? What lie have you believed? When we look into a mirror like this one, none of you are getting it. It's really dirty, so ignore that. But when we look into a mirror, it is so easy to pick out all the things we don't like about ourselves, right? Usually, the truth is we often see ourselves like distorted, broken. We're all broken, so that's normal. But we think, man, we often ignore the truth of what God says about us. When we look in this mirror, we're like, all I see are the wrinkles and the zits and all of the imperfections. But it's actually so much more than that. It's more than physical things. When we look into a mirror, unfortunately, so many times we see somebody who's unworthy, someone who's unloved, someone who's ugly, someone who's stupid, someone who's a failure, someone who has mental illness. We look in this mirror, and instead of seeing a daughter or a son who was created in the image of God, we see all these things. And it becomes this clouded view of who God says we are. And the list, I probably didn't hit everybody's thing on this. Maybe you, you feel worthless or you're depressed or you're angry or you're alone. But 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says this. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. The truth is, we have an enemy who wants us to believe those lies, who works in sly ways to make you think you are all of those things. He's working to blind us from the good news of the gospel. And so often I think we think, oh, like our world is walking around clueless. Like how do they not see the truth? And they've literally been blinded by the enemy. But those of us that are followers of Christ... We can live as if there's no good news. We might know it, but we act out like there's no good news. And the key and the most important thing for us is to, as a believer, is to believe the gospel and that Jesus is the Son of God, to believe that he can heal and restore us in our ickiest stages, to believe that he is working for the good of those who love him, to believe it's not just to believe in him, but to put actions behind that, to live like a free person, because that's what the word of the Lord tells us. You don't have to be bound by your sins. You don't have to be bound by your past. You do not have to be stuck in your trauma, but you're going to have to take a step to move out of it. And we desperately, desperately, ladies, this is for you, but men, this is for you just as much. We need a healthy view of ourselves 
so we can be a light to those around us. People are watching you. They are watching you because they want truth. They want to know, man, there's got to be more to life. People want to know what's different about you. Stop believing the lies. Stop living in the past. And stop living in your trauma. And you're like, oh, Amber, mm, you don't know. I don't. I don't know all the things you are living in. I don't know the things that you've walked through. But I know this. I have trauma. I have baggage. I have a messy past. And God has redeemed and restored me. So I wouldn't ask anything of you if I hadn't already seen it done in my own life. Live as a free person. Deal with it. For so long, I believed a lie. I believed lots of lies. But one of them was that I was never going to be good enough to be in ministry. And you're like, well, that's funny, Amber. You're a pastor's wife. You will have it all together all the time. No, that's not true. That's a lie that you believe. Uh, I couldn't possibly lead people in a church if I didn't see myself as like the typical pastor's wife. I don't know if you know this. I am not prim and proper. I'm not. I tend to say things how they are. I do. I don't sew. I don't play the piano. I don't know. I don't do all these things that I feel like pastor's wives are supposed to do. I wear holes in my jeans. And probably some of you are like, she finally acknowledged the fact that she's preaching holes in her jeans. I don't care what you think. I will wear what I want. And I didn't think that that's how a pastor's wife could act. My view was distorted. I was so busy watching everybody else pastor that I'm like, ugh, I'm not like that. I don't want to be like that. I'm never going to be like that. I'm going to be who I am. And I really wrestled with the fact that, like, God, how are you going to use me to pastor women, to pastor men, to pastor in general? Because I have a past. I've made some pretty big mistakes. I continue to make mistakes. And I wrestled with this for a really, really long time. I actually told God many times, I would never be a pastor's wife, ever. Don't ever say things like that. I was so busy getting caught up on what I thought I had to be that I was going to miss out on what God had called me to be. I was going to miss out on like, hey, Amber, the mistakes you've made, I'm actually going to use those for my glory. Those mistakes you made are going to give you an opportunity to lead a church in the way that the hurting world is going to want to be a part of. It is why I want to be a church that embraces the struggle. It is why I want to be a church that talks about the hard things. It is why I want to see people free from their addiction. I want to see people free from their trauma. Because I want to lean into the messy. Because I was willing to walk away from all of it because I was scared. And I thought, I couldn't be that. And instead, I, got, I get to take this approach of like, nope, my past doesn't define me. It's made me who I am. And I have a story. And I want others that have walked in this room feeling like they're trapped in their trauma, they're trapped in their sin, they're stuck in their pain, that this is a safe place where you can deal with that stuff, where you can bring it to the altar, where you can have people that pray for you. We all need to hear this. Stop believing the lies. 
Stop believing the lies because God wants to use you in way bigger ways. Do what you got to do to get healthy. Deal with some of the past lies. Deal with the hurt. Ask God to heal you from the pain. Take, take steps to move out of it. I actually texted a counselor friend of mine this week, and I'm like, why do people live in their trauma? She's like, well, that is a very loaded question. Yes, I know, but help me understand. And her number one thing was because it would mean that they'd have to do something uncomfortable. And I'm like, that's good. Do something uncomfortable for the health of your own life and for those around you. Stop believing lies. It is literally going to kill you from the inside out if you don't. You're like, that's really aggressive. That's the truth. It will literally kill you from the inside out. Point number two is this, and this is probably the most important one. Choose the right voice. Whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice are you listening to? Somewhere in the Garden of Eden, Eve began to listen to the serpent's lies rather than who God said she was. It took a moment where the serpent kept asking her, like, did God really say that? Oh, are you sure? Don't you want to eat from this shiny little fruit? It will make you more like him. And when we read this Bible story, I think it's like easy for us to be like, Eve, what were you thinking? It was a small little voice. And so many of us, we, especially moms, when we are giving birth, we are real mad at Eve. We are wondering why she did what she did. Because her actions have led to so much pain. So much pain. But here's the deal. This is an extreme. This is like Eve in the garden. And sometimes it might not be a serpent that we're listening to or like look like a serpent. I hope not. I hate snakes. But it's the voice of the enemy. It's the voice of the enemy. It may come in the form of culture. It may come in the form of friends who are leading you in the wrong direction. Teenagers, your friends that don't love Jesus are going to try to get you to move away from him. Whose voice are you going to listen to? In your hardest of days, when you're feeling weak, when you're feeling torn down, whose voice are you going to listen to? Some of you, it comes in the form of toxic leaders. You've listened to them for far too long instead of turning to the one who actually has the real answers. Maybe it's a parent who has hurt you with your words. I don't know who, honestly, I think a lot of the times it can even just be self-talk in our minds. Eve was the first person, first woman ever made, and she set this standard for the rest of us. And it's affected us ever since. And if we think about it, ladies, I'm going to talk to you for a minute, but men, this does not mean you're off. But I'm going to say this. If we think about it, we are setting the standard for generations to come in our own lives. Are you listening to the right voice? That's a really scary thing to think about. Believing the lies is what happens when we start listening to the wrong voice. That's when we believe all the lies. That's the, the time when the voice is always trying to stop you from the purposes that God has for you. When Greg and I uh, first felt called to Zoe, this is like a really long story, so I'm going to keep it short. 
Uh, but I was crippled in fear, like crippled. Probably there's one other time in my life where I felt the fear like I did in that moment. And I had a choice. I got to either listen to the Lord or listen to everybody else around me. Now, people probably did not have these intentions, but the lies that I would hear on a daily basis were literally the only thing I could see. It's the only things I, I couldn't get past it. Uh, I, we were told that, well, you're going to fail just like everybody else fails. You're a pastor. You're a leader. Watch out. You're going to fail. Okay, well, why would I want to do that? I chose to believe that lie. Oh, great. Well, that scares me. Then I'm not going to do it. Or, man, are you sure you heard the Lord straight? Are you sure you heard what he's called you to do? Why would you leave such a big church to come to a different church where you, you were comfortable in this church? These lies were constant. People thought we were crazy for leaving the church that we were at. People judged us. People said things that weren't true or what they thought. And pretty soon all I could hear was what everybody else thought. And the only people I was turning to were all the people with the opinions. When really I only should have been turning to was my source and my strength. And the person who I only need to listen to. If he's calling me, I got to go. And it came to a point where I had to make that decision, the noise, I'm blocking it out. God, I'm running after what you've called me to. And I knew our decision. Man, I knew our decision. It wasn't just for Greg and I. It was for generations to come in our family, but in so many of your families. It's a lot of pressure. But I knew that, man, God, I don't want to run from what you've called me to do because I'm scared and of all the lies that I'm believing. And this is going to affect generation after generation after generation in my own home. Like, here's the deal. If you are a mom, you'll understand this. Uh, I am like, do whatever you want to me, but you mess with my kids and you're in big trouble. Mama bear will come out. I might be small, But I am mighty when it comes to my children. And it's so easy for us to not realize that what who's the voice that we are listening to is actually affecting our children. Men, hear that. The voice you're listening to will affect your children. It will. And we need to recognize that if we don't listen to the right voice, it is going to affect our families. And I know, for me, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I want to listen to his voice. And I'm sure that's the same for you as well. But man, whose voice are you listening to? Whose voice? Stop believing the lies. We always have a big so what around here. So I'm going to have a big so what too. And there's one thought that I want to leave you with this morning. It's this. I am who he says I am. I am who he says I am. We need to understand this. The truest thing about you is what God says about you. That is the truest thing about you. It doesn't matter what anybody else has said or what anybody else has spoken over you. The truest thing that matters is what God has said about you. And we need to listen to that voice. We need to block out all the noise and only focus on what he says about us. And I think so many times I think, man, what if we actually just did that? What if we actually just listened to his voice? What would happen when we looked into this mirror? 
we would see what God says about us. This, this stuff, it would be gone. It would be gone. And yeah, you might have moments where you believe these lies, but instead you see someone who's loved, because that's what God says. You see the daughter of a king, because that's what you are. You see someone who is, has a, a place, a home in him, a father to the fatherless. There's all these things that you begin to see. You were accepted. You were chosen for such a time as this. You were redeemed. You can be redeemed. You can be restored. You can be made new. You can be a new creation. You just got to take a step for that. You just got to say, okay, God, I'm going to lean into you because guess what? This is who you are. These are the things you are a daughter of a king. You are that. And it doesn't matter if you don't feel like it. It doesn't matter if you understand it. The key is to believe it because it's true. And when we begin to believe that truth, it's going to set you free. The things that have bound you up, they will be broken. You will live as a free person. And then that gives God this opportunity to use you, to be created and used by him in whatever ways he wants to. I don't want to limit myself to what God has for me. And oftentimes I do that. Oftentimes I do that. There's a song that many of you have probably heard. It's an oldie but a goodie. But it felt so fitting for us today. And so as the band comes up, I want you guys to listen to this song. Uh, as I was preparing this message, this song just kept coming back and back in my head. And I know it's easy to be like, oh, the band, they did such a good job, because they will. But I want you to re really sit there and think, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me this morning? Listen to the words. Receive what this song is saying. Sit and soak in what God says about you. Don't belong Oh, you say I'm 
And my prayer for you, ladies, this week has been that you would believe who God says you are, that you would know the plans and the purposes he has for you are so much bigger than you could ever understand. But you have to walk as a free person to be able to hear some of those things. And I want to challenge you with this. Everybody in this room, we can't only believe it, but we need to live from that. It's one thing to believe it, but if you're not living your life like that, then you are missing out on everything that God has for you. And I realize in a room this big, many of you are just going through the motions today. You're in here and you're like, cause you know, the mom or the wife or the lady in your life said you're going to church. 
and you're like, oh, I have to hear Amber pray or preach, speak. I don't know if I preach, but I speak. And you're like, what am I gonna get from it? Maybe you need to know you are who God says you are. Maybe you need to know that he's not done with you yet. That he has something special for you, something unique. And he just needs all of you. Every pain, every insecurity, every piece of trauma that you've walked through, he's there to take it. And so as I pray for you guys today, if everybody could just bow their heads with me, I wanna pray over everybody first. That God, you know all of our failures, you know all of our insecurities, you know all the pain and the trauma and the lies that we believe. But God, I pray that you help us see that we are sons and daughters of a king. That we will live as free people. God, I pray that you will heal the pain that people walked in here. Maybe there's pain from a father or from a mother or pain from a friend or a coworker or I don't know who it's from, but God, I pray that you will meet them right now and you will heal them from their pain. And if you are in this room today and you are struggling, you're like, man, I can't believe this, Amber. I am struggling to believe I am who he says I am. Can you just raise your hand for me around this room? Like, that's me. I don't know who I am. I don't know if I believe if he says who I am is true. Maybe you're struggling to know if he actually wants to call you a son or daughter. Thank you. I wanna pray over you today. God, I just pray for every person that has raised their hand, that they will not leave this place without knowing how loved they are by you. God, that you have a plan and a purpose far bigger for them that they will ever understand. God, I pray you will meet them right where they are. Maybe they couldn't even raise their hand this morning because they're embarrassed, or maybe they're not willing to be transparent yet, but God, I pray that you will break the bondage of whatever that they are living in, that you will break the lies that they have believed for far too long. I pray right now that you will meet them here in this place. In your name I pray. And if you are a lady in this room, I would love for all of you to stand. I wanna pray over you before you go. And I don't wanna go throughout this day without saying this. I know Mother's Day can be really hard for a lot of people. And that's why we don't call it Mother's Day at Zoe Church, we call it Ladies' Day. But I am sorry for the pain that you've walked through. Maybe you're, this is the first Mother's Day. I was thinking about my mom this morning. This is the first Mother's Day without her mom in 65 years. That's hard. So I don't know what you've walked into in with this morning, but I want you to know how loved you are. And so I'm gonna pray over, if there's a lady next to you guys, you could put a hand on their shoulder. But I just wanna pray for you before we end today. God, I thank you for every lady that is in this place. I pray that the women of Zoe Church, they know who they are in Christ. I pray that they go out as a force in this dark world and that they are a light to those that are hurting and those that are broken. I pray for every lie that they walked in with, that they will leave with truth when they walk out. God, I pray for those that, man, this is a hard day. This is a hard day and I pray that you will comfort them. 
I pray that they will know that they are loved so much today. And I pray whatever they walked in with, whatever pain they walked in with, God, I pray that you will let them know you haven't forgotten them, that you are right there with you. And in your name I pray, amen.